This episode of the Autism Dead podcast is brought to you by Bennett Life. Hey, it's Rob Gorski, and I'm here with my 14-year-old Emmett. And we want to talk to you about this new probiotic, Neurally, that he and I have been taking, I don't know, about two months now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Neurally is a unique probiotic. It's the first of its kind where it actually regulates the happy hormones it, in the gut. That- Dad, let's not bore them with the science stuff. Let's just talk about how it's been affecting me since we've been taking it for the past two months. I have a lot of food sensitivities and I can't usually have like milk or ice cream without getting sick. And so with Neurally, it's been helping with uh, my sensitivities and I've been able to eat ice cream and have milk in my cereal again. It's been helping a lot and I think I'll pass it back to my dad for the rest. Yeah, so I I agree. I mean, I, I've noticed that you you are not having as many issues with lactose related stuff, and I've also noticed that you seem to be just a little more chill, like a little more relaxed, maybe less anxious. Yeah. Okay. So I'm noticing the changes in, and they've been very positive. If you guys want to find out more about Neurally, you can visit BennettLife.com. That's B-E-N-E-D-L-I-F-E.com, or they can find a link in the description below. Perfect. Ooh, good catch, Emmett. Uh, Emmett's over there waving at me to remind me. <laughs> I forgot. If you use a discount code, the Autism Dad at checkout, you'll save 20% on your first order. Hey, how's it going? My name is Rob Gorski. Welcome to the Autism Dad podcast, where we talk about all things related to autism and parenting and mental health and self-care and all those things that are important and relevant in your life that we just don't talk about enough for, you know, whatever reason. We do that here on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I really do appreciate that. So I got a good show for you guys today. My guest is Christina Abernathy. She is from uh, Love, Hope, and Autism. And we're going to have a conversation about her journey as an autism mom. We'll talk about her son's journey and the victories and some of the struggles. And we're going to talk about some tips and tricks that she has found that have really made a difference in her son and her family's lives. And we're also going to touch on some of the advocacy work she does. And uh, we're going to do that all you know, in the next 30 minutes. So thank you so much, Christina, for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Could you take a minute and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. My name is Christina Abernathy, and my social media platforms are called Love, Hope, and Autism. I am a wife and a mom of three. We have a daughter that is 20 years old, going to be 20 next week. I can't believe it. And we have twin boys that are 11, and um, our one son, Ethan, also nicknamed Bubba, um, is autistic and has some other medical diagnoses, and he's kind of the forefront of, of my blog and, and most of my writing. I always ask parents, like, what was your, what was your journey? Like, did you start noticing things? And then that led to an evaluation led to a diagnosis. Like, what was that process like for you? Cause it seems to be different for everyone. I absolutely a hundred percent agree. It's different for everybody. And I love hearing everyone's stories as well. Um, ours was pretty complicated, which I also feel like is pretty typical. <laughs> Um, it was very complicated um, because Ethan is a twin. Um, Ethan and Brayden are twin boys. Um, and we do have a daughter that's almost 20. So our twins came many years after our daughter. And so it wasn't our first rodeo, right? So we knew a lot of the developmental milestones and things like that and typically developing children. And quite honestly, from the day that they were born, we knew that something was just a little bit different about Ethan. Um, his eyes, you know how their baby's eyes kind of go back and forth. that has a name. I can't think of what the name that's called, but baby's eyes kind of wander a little bit for a couple of days. Ethan's did that for a very long time. Um, He just seemed very developmentally delayed as he was getting older and especially doing 
not only did we have a daughter that was older, but having side by side, right? He was a twin. So we could see developmentally with the crawling, sitting up, things like that. Um, just how things just seemed very different with him. And we started voicing our concerns probably around two, three months to our PCP. She kept telling us that, you know, he'll catch up. Everything's fine. So then at like four months, five months, six months, kept bringing up more concerns and the list just kept getting longer, right? And by the time he was, I think, 14 months, she just kept telling us that he was a chubby, lazy baby and that that's why he wasn't doing things. I mean, literally her exact words were, he is a chubby, lazy baby. And I kept saying, you know, I feel like there's a reason why he he's not crawling. There's a reason why he's not babbling. There's a reason why... He can't sit up on his own, you know, all these things. And um, I just felt very dismissed and that she, you know, my voice wasn't being heard, um, you know, and even all of those red flags was just so apparent to us, you know, as his parents. And um, we switched PCPs and within 15 minutes, this doctor was like, we need to get him an MRI. He's very developmentally delayed. We need to do all the things. And so long story short, after all of that and switching doctors, um, come to find out that, you know, he does have um, like a, a very rare like dupli micro duplication um, in his like genetics. So that was something that was new to us. And he, um, as he was getting a little bit older, so he was almost three when he was diagnosed with autism. So even though to us as his parents, there were a lot of signs that we could see. Um, I mean, yes, he had your typical like, would it make eye contact? when you say his name, he wouldn't turn his head. And on, quite honestly, we were checking his hearing for a long time because we thought maybe he can't hear. And that's why he wasn't turning towards us when something loud would fall or when we'd call his name. Um, and then a lot of the like stimming, which at the time I didn't realize it was stimming, whether it was like visually stimming with a car going back and forth in front of his eye gaze. Um, the other stims that we at the time didn't know they were stims. I just knew that it was a repetitive behavior that I didn't know and understand at the time. And I just was like, you know, what is this? It was kind of like, he does this, his twin brother doesn't do this, his older sister didn't do this. So like, what's going on? Um, and so we did, I mean, the first doctor we saw, he told us that Ethan was too happy to have autism, oh my God. which still he doesn't look blows autistic. my mind, <laughs> right? I just, that still like sits with me and, I, and I'll never forget going, excuse me? He's like, he's, he's just incredibly too happy to have autism. And I'm like, I'm not really sure where you're going with that. Does that, does that mean you think that all autistic people are sad, or angry? I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what he told me. And so then we went to a different um, developmental um, doctor and she recommended someone who was private practice. She was absolutely amazing. She did. She met with us three different times. So she met Ethan on three different occasions, which I loved. It wasn't just like 10 minutes in the office and you get a diagnosis, right? It was three different days with me and my husband. And then she did a bunch of testing and then called us back in like three weeks later to discuss everything with me and my husband. And, um, it was just so nice to kind of have a doctor that listened and, see and understand the things that we were asking questions about. And it's not that we were searching for a diagnosis that day. We were searching for answers and she had them. And it just so happens that autism was the diagnosis. And it was, you know, I know a lot of parents might go through this like grief and sadness. And I did cry that day, but it was more so the journey it took to get us there. 
And finally having answers to the questions that we've been asking. So it wasn't, I never felt like, oh gosh, this is a bad thing. It was like, I know that this is, this can be a long, hard journey. And I mean, autism is a lifelong diagnosis, right? But it was more so a sense of relief that we had answers to what was going on with him. And now we can get him the support that he needs to truly be the best that he can be. So he can try to start crawling. We can support him, you know, with um, physical therapy and occupational therapy, speech therapy. We just, we had no idea where to start or where to go. And so it really it opened a door for us and for our son to finally get the help and support that he needed, not to change him, but to truly let him be who he's meant to be. Okay. I have, I have so many questions, but I'm going to narrow them down. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's, it's really interesting because <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever spoken. No, I have spoke to someone, but, but both twins were autistic. Are, is he an identical twin? He's a fraternal twin. Okay. And his twin brother is not autistic. Okay. I was wondering how, well, I was wondering if that's why there was some resistance at, at the beginning. If it's like, well, his brother's fine. He just needs to play catch up. Or if they were identical, if I, I just didn't, I wasn't sure how that, how that works with twins. Mm -hmm. I, they did tell us that if they were identical, it would be more likely that both of them would be autistic. Um, we have heard that. Um, and I mean, his, his brother has, you know, some diagnoses himself, mm -hmm. um, that I only, you know, I only share publicly with his permission and, um, just as well as Ethan knows, you know, when I share, he gets all excited when he sees himself in, in yeah. videos and things. My kids are the same way. Um, and, and I read comments to him, you know, that people are saying to him, um, but yeah, so it's, it's very different, but I can tell you that, you know, Ethan, Ethan is learning and growing and changing so much as an individual, but how much he's just changed our family dynamic and, you know, unconditional love and the support that we have for each other and just his twin brother growing up alongside him um, and just being the soft, empathetic, kind individual that he is. I, I truly, I, he's truly a blessing because he's just, he's made us all better people. I'm I'm looking at, at your Instagram and he just has this smile that <laughs> like, like he's just infectious. Happy, yeah. He's just a happy kid. How, how is he, how is he doing now? He's doing great. I mean, he has come such a far way, especially over these past few years. I feel like, you know, cognitively and developmentally, like he's just made huge gains. Um, Ethan does have intellectual disability as well. Um, but for me and my husband, we're really big believers on regardless of a diagnosis, we never want to limit him or say he can't do that or he won't do that. Um, you know, we always presume confidence, but also realizing that it's important to meet him where he's at and give him the support that he needs to be the best that he can be. And um, so he's in sixth grade now and he is in a typical school. So um, he does have a one-on-one -on -one paraprofessional that helps him throughout the day. A lot of it's safety concerns. He kind of has the ability to wander off a little bit. And <laughs> so, you know, he kind of needs for safety issues, um, someone there to kind of have an eye on. I'm not really, really close. You know, we kind of, as he gets older, we're trying to have them step back a little bit more and more. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's still a few years ahead that he's going to need that um, until we're all confident that, you know, he's not just going to 
we can't have him wandering out of school and nobody knowing where he is. Right. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, sure. you know, and, you know, and just changing, I just feel like he's just changing so much. Um, and especially as an 11 year old boy and going to be 12 soon, like we're just learning so much from him. I mean, he really is our tour guide on this journey. And I just, I love learning from him and um, just seeing where the next steps are that he's going to take us. I just, it's, it's, it's been a journey for sure. There's definitely ups and downs, but um, the good definitely outweigh the bad. This episode of the Autism Dad podcast is brought to you by Mightier. Mightier is a biofeedback-based video game platform that teaches kids to emotionally self-regulate. This leads to a significant reduction in meltdowns and parental stress. It's backed by science, helped over 100,000 kids. And if you want more information, latest reviews and updates, as well as current discount codes, visit theautismdad.com forward slash Mightier. That's theautismdad.com forward slash Mightier. I always like to ask parents this too, like, is there something that you have found that has been helpful with him doing as well as he's doing or, or, or sort of navigating all of this stuff? Cause I know how overwhelming it can be. And, you know, one of my priorities with my kids was trying to foster independence. Sure. So, um, we're really big on that too, and allowing him and guiding him to do things independently. And especially as he's getting older, I mean, I feel like as he was younger, there's just so many things. It's just do and do and do and do and help and help and help, you know. Um, and I still feel like we're in those shoes sometimes as parents and caregivers. But um, we really are trying to foster that independence. And Ethan is an AAC user, so he uses a speech device to help him communicate because his verbal speech is very limited. Um, so even though he does have some verbal words, he uses a speech device and some sign language as well to help him communicate. We're really big on social stories have been a huge one for him over the years. And um, so we used to make them, the school would make them for us. So taking pictures, printing them out, laminating them, creating stories. Um, and then uh, honestly, goalie came along as well. And um, when we met with them and I wanted to, to talk to their organization and like, what is your mission? How did goalie star? What do you do? How do you help the neurodivergent community? And um, I just really loved how they're supporting kids and adults, um, whether ADHD, autistic. I mean, there's just a long list of people that um, this device can help. And ultimately, the goal is to teach independence. And, you know, we have a really good success story using Goalie um, that I'd love to share with you. Sure. You well, for, first of all, can we, for anybody who's listening, <laughs> sure. who's not familiar with what Goalie is, could you kind of just explain what Goalie is? Sure. So Goalie is ultimately an app. Um, so it's a visual schedule app that you can either put on your iPhone or another device like an iPad, um, an Android phone. I do believe it works best on Android because they're Android specific. Um, you can also buy the device from them. Um, so in our case, it's really important for Ethan to have um, different devices depending on what it's used for. So like his iPad with his um, app on it for his speech device is specifically that. That is his talker, as he calls it. And so it's only used for that. He will get out of it and like uh, take pictures on it and then scroll back into the app. But like that's not to play games, go on the internet, watch YouTube videos, anything like that. His iPad is for fun. YouTube videos, what have you, um, playing games. And then it was really important for us to have the goalie device. So 
his goalie, it kind of looks like a small iPad. And so it is a visual schedule app, but it's not just that. So I think it's really important to, um, to identify that. So even though it's a visual schedule app and you can create social stories in there, you can create routines. What I love most about it is that you can make it as customized as you want specific to you or your child. That being said, like, so for feeding Zeus for our dog, for example, it was pictures of our home, our sink, our dog, his food. It was feeding our dog. And so you don't have to use the animated pictures that are given to you if you don't want to. So if your child or, you know, young adult does better with visualizing things that they use in their real day-to-day life, that's what I love about Goalie is that you can customize it to your specific needs. Um, what el- what uh, else is really nice about Goalie is there's different games on there um, like that are really great, like functional skills, like occupational skills, fine hand motor skills, things like that. Um, finger dexterity um, for people who use an AAC device and happening to manipulate with your finger and things like that. Um, and then there's also an AAC part on there that's new as well. So people who can't afford an, an augmentative augmentative alternative communication device. That's what AAC stands for, for those who are listening who aren't aware. Um, That is actually built into the app as well. So for the low price every month, you actually get the AAC app part of the Goalie app, which is really, really great because there are many people who their school won't pay for it. They can't afford it. And Goalie has given this app and this way of communicating through their app, which I, I think is amazing for, for people who, who don't have access to that otherwise. Okay. And, uh, you said that you have a story. What's yeah. your story? So with Goalie, um, it was, again, we're trying to promote independence. And so we're always trying to find different ways Ethan can do things independently, but also like whether it's helping around the house or even at school, he has different like quote unquote jobs and things like that. He loves helping. He's like his mama. He's just a helper. So one of the things like after we got our puppy last year and he started started to get a little bit bigger, like Ethan was more interested in him and things like that. We're like, how about feeding Zeus? So we made that a routine to feed Zeus on his goalie. So walked him through the steps. Like we do put our dog in the kennel before Ethan feeds him because he just gets entirely too excited and he's all over Ethan and Ethan doesn't like that. So we place him in his kennel and then Ethan is able to go into the kitchen and with his goalie go through the steps. So it goes through like how many scoops of food and it's my voice counting with him. So that's another thing. If you don't like the voice that's animated on there, I recorded my voice and I said, okay, Ethan, it's time to feed Zeus. He needs five scoops of food ready. And then I count with him. So then he started verbally counting with me and then he'll point to me like, Hey, that's your voice. So he's recognizing like, Hey, that's my mom's voice in there. He's counting the steps with me. And then he knows when it's all done, he closes the lid. Then he takes the water bowl, goes over to the sink, fills the water bowl, goes back. And then he knows to get Zeus from his kennel and let him eat. So you, there are opportunities for you to get points if that's if a point system is something that you do like to utilize. Um, for Ethan, sometimes it works well for him. Sometimes he's great with just praise and knowing that he did a job well done and knowing that he's doing something independently. Um, if he does want to earn the points and use them for something, it can be 
whether it's a couple gummy bears or iPad time or something like that. It can be whatever you want that to be for them or what they choose for it to be. And what's really exciting about this is that Ethan did this for a couple months with Goalie. And now my husband said to him, hey, Bubba, you want to feed Zeus? So he stands up and he starts going in the kitchen. He didn't grab his goalie. He went in the kitchen and did the whole thing by himself without using the goalie. And that's exactly the point of goalie is to promote independence. He now didn't need the goalie to walk through those steps. He remembered them in his head to go, I need to get the five scoops of food. He did it. He got the water and then he got Zeus from the kennel. So how amazing is that? That's really amazing. And I know there's probably people out there who don't understand how big of a deal that is. Uh, huge. That's huge. That's huge. Yes. That's, that's. Uh, Very exciting. That yeah, That's like goosebumps for yes. me, honestly, because like, <laughs> I do know what it's like to experience those victories. And we celebrate every one of those, those victories because I, I would rather focus on that than the things that are, uh, you know, sometimes a little bit darker, a little bit harder to, to get through. And those, those victories are like, uh, someone on my blog called them a glimmer. I think at some mm-hmm. point, one point, they're just like, those are the little glimmers that help you find your way through the dark till you get to the other side of that tunnel and, and you're wherever you're supposed to be. So I, I thought that was really cool. I think it's amazing. I, I appreciate you yeah. sharing that. Uh, you have changing spaces. Uh, do you want to talk about that too? Because that's, that's pretty cool. And I think there's a lot of people who are maybe benefiting from this, who don't realize why they're benefiting from this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of our biggest struggles when we go out in the community, because it's really important to us to be out in the community as a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many times, you know, for different reasons, one of us may be at home with Ethan, you know, in the past. And that's, that's really hard on him, on our family. And um, so we're constantly trying to include him, be out in the community and things like that. And as he was getting older, Ethan does have some other medical diagnoses as well that I had mentioned earlier. And um, he does have accidents sometimes. And so Without accessible restrooms in our communities, it makes it really difficult to be able to clean him in a safe, dignified way when we're out in public. That being said, you know, there's been many times we've had to put a beach towel on the floor to clean him um, on a public restroom floor. And as women, we don't even want to put our purses on the floor, yet I'm laying my child on a floor. It's it's absolutely, it's horrible. Um, or we're doing it in a busy parking lot, um, which is also inhumane, undignified, right? So, um, you know, I kept saying to my husband, we can't be the only people that are doing this. What are other people doing? What, what is the fix to this? You know, how, how do we help him? How do we help others? And I started sharing our story and came across the Changing Spaces campaign and these amazing women, um, parents, caregivers, and self-advocates. Um, this is a campaign, nationwide campaign that started in 2016. And um, I joined forces with them in 2017, and I run the Changing Spaces Pennsylvania chapter. Our mission at Changing Spaces is to provide access to family restrooms for individuals who can't utilize a restroom independently Mm -hmm. and safely, right? Um, And so that's why it's really important for us to advocate for powered height adjustable tables, because if you're caring for someone that is a wheelchair user, 
it's really important for the adult size changing table to be lowered down to the height of the wheelchair to transfer safely over. Very cool. I just wanted to point that out because it matters, you know, and there's a lot of parents out there who are dealing with similar things and who would benefit from something like that. And, you know, maybe they aren't aware that there is a whole movement out there to, to get this accomplished and, and they want to join up or maybe start a chapter in their state if there's nothing available there. So I'm very impressed with everything that you're doing. And, and I just wanted to make sure that we, we got everything in there because I think that's, it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. And it is important because it's not autism specific. I wouldn't even say it's disability specific. It really is such a wide range of individuals that might need something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone suffered a stroke, you know, the spina bifida, um, MS. I mean, there's the elderly. There are so many different reasons why someone would need an adult size changing table. So I just, it just covers such a wide range of people. And, um, just this one piece of equipment can be life-changing for so many people. So the more we share our stories and the more we bring awareness to it, I think we're just going to see more and more change. Very, very cool. What is the best way for people to find you? Um, I would say on Instagram or Facebook on love, hope and autism. Um, and again, if you're interested more so in like the changing spaces, there's changing spaces, Pennsylvania, uh, group on Facebook. Um, and then you can always reach out to us as well through the uh, new website. We, you can reach us that way too. Okay. And, uh, if parents have questions about goalie, they can reach out to you and ask you about what your experience has been as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can share my experience. And then if they have more specific questions, you know, I can get them in contact with someone at goalie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have all of that information in the show notes. People can just click on it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was, a, it was a pleasure. Thank you for being here. And thank you for everything that you're doing to help bring positive change to the community. So I appreciate thank that. you. And thank you for everything that you do and the platform that you have and you do amazing work as well. So thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that. Before I close things off today, I just want to say thank you to Christina for taking the time to come on a show and sharing about her life as openly and honestly as she did. Uh, I think it's really important that we learn from each other's experiences and we gain insights that help us to navigate the path that we're on because we can, you know, we, we learn something from uh, what somebody has already done. And it was great to hear about your son's accomplishments and, and some of the amazing things that he's doing. Thank you for sharing the tips and tricks and some of the things that you've used like goalie. Uh, and thank you for your advocacy work with changing spaces. I think um, accessibility in public restrooms is something that many of us take for granted. And I think it's something that we really need to be aware of. And uh, you're doing a great job and I really appreciate it. So thank you for everything. You guys can find more about Christina at Love, Hope, and Autism on Facebook. I'll have a link in the show notes below so you guys can check that out. As always, you can find me at listen.theautismdad.com. All my information is at the top of the page. You can interact with this podcast, leave comments, feedback, all that kind of stuff, all on that website. And remember that you can subscribe to any one of your... And remember... You can subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just hit that subscribe button. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you guys have a really good week and I will talk to you on Friday. All right. Thanks.